This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. U.S. Senator Katie Britt is joining other Senate colleagues in demanding an accounting for the $6 billion that was sent by the Biden administration to Iran in the form of ransom money. That money was sent in addition to a prisoner's exchange between Iran and the U.S. The U.S. released $6 billion in Iranian oil revenue that was being held in escrow in exchange for five American citizens who will not be returned to the U.S. They'll just be put on house arrest within the country of Iran. Britt called the whole deal reckless and disastrous and joined other senators in a letter that was written to the Secretary of State Anthony Blinken and Secretary of the U.S. Treasury Janet Yellen. The letter points out that the first capitulation was made by Barack Obama to Iran by releasing $400 million in liquidated assets back in 2016 and goes on to say that now Joe Biden is paying out 15 times that amount to the same country, which is continually funding terrorist activity and only creates more incentive for that country to take additional hostages for financial or political gain. The reduction of the grocery sales tax here in Alabama is about to begin. On September 1st, the new law will go into effect, so grocery consumers will see a one-cent reduction in their sales tax on their grocery receipt. In September of 2024, that same tax will be reduced by another 1%, and the same thing should happen in 2025 as long as the Education Trust Fund continues to project a 3.5% growth for the year. The changes to the grocery sales tax here in the state were all part of a bipartisan effort in the past legislative session. Another library battle is brewing in Dale County. The mayor of Ozark wants certain books in the Ozark-Dale County Library to be pulled due to their LGBTQ sexual themes. The Dale County Library is waiting to pull those books until they hold a public community meeting for input. Ozark Mayor Mark Blankenship says he's been trying for months to get the trash out of the kids and teens section in the library, and now Blankenship is talking about potentially cutting the funds if parents here in Alabama want to really stop the liberal mess that's occurring in the state. Blankenship made the comments on a Facebook post. City Council President Brent Simachak says she's not in support of defunding the library or banning books. However, However, Dale County Commissioner Adam Effinger is backing the Ozark mayor, saying it's not about banning books, but moving them out of the 12 and older section to help parents protect their children from this sexualized exposure. Parents have been bringing attention to the nature of these LGBTQ-themed books, starting first in Prattville, but then spreading to multiple libraries and communities across the state. 1819 News reporter Erica Thomas writes about the Ozark situation and the books that were found in the library there, including just one book, for example, about two gay boys trying to break the Guinness World Record for kissing. The storyline also involves the teens falling into what is described as the digital rabbit hole of gay hookup sites. Thomas writes that there are more than 60 of these types of books at the Dale County Library and about 36 Christian books in the young adult section. State lawmaker Susan DeBose is writing for 1819 News about the American Library Association, and DeBose is calling for Alabama libraries to disaffiliate from the ALA. She calls it a toxic organization. DeBose says that the ALA has been used as a conduit to bringing in pornographic and age-inappropriate books, as well as fighting against internet filters that block porn access within the library, and to ignore the concerns of residents and parents in upholding community standards and protecting children. DeBose also referred to the ALA director, Emily Drabinsky and her social media posts. Drabinsky is an avowed lesbian Marxist who once tweeted that children are also people who have a right to a private reading life. DeBose says the ALA is focused on indoctrinating children without parental knowledge or authorization. 
So far, the states of Montana, Wyoming, Missouri, and Texas have dropped their membership to the ALA, and six more states are working on it. This week, The Daily Detail will be featuring a five-part series on election fraud as detailed out by True the Vote and the election summit that was held in early August in Missouri. But we're going to start out with an Alabama story that goes back to the 1990s when Perry Hooper Sr. ran for the Alabama Supreme Court and won, only to have his Democrat opposition seek to include the counting of absentee ballots that were conveniently found after the election, but were not completed to the level that was required by Alabama election law. This effort resulted in an extended lawsuit for the better part of a year regarding election law. Greg Phillips of True the Vote was living in Alabama at the time and had a front row seat to the whole legal battle since he was friends with Perry Hooper's son. Phillips has put out a five-minute video this month about the Hooper case in order to remind Americans now in 2023 that election fraud has been tried and in some cases corrected and in some cases not for a very long time. I have a video on my on Patriot Games on Rumble. Um, it's about halfway down. It, it's, it says Sweet Home Alabama is the, on the sign on the front mm. of it. Please go watch that video. It's an important video. I was involved in this. Judge Hooper was a friend. Uh, he was a mentor of mine. Um, he fought back against election fraud. Um, it took him 11 months to get seated in 1994. And in 1995, he was finally seated after 11 months of fighting. But the way that they fought was they stopped it before the certification. Is a le- there are thousands of lessons in that Uber case for all of us. Um, but if we can stop it before the certification, we have a chance. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, there's a lot of unprecedented behavior going on in Lahaina, Hawaii, after the devastating fires in that community. First, the residents complained of not getting any help from the government disaster relief agencies. Now they are showing videos on social media of miles of black temporary wall that has been put up around the site where the fires hit the most. This is so no cameras or media can track what is being done. Now the residents of Lahaina are speaking out at the Maui County Council meetings and they're pointing out their concerns over lack of transparency or proper representation by those who were elected to serve on the council. My name is Justin Huey. I am testifying on my concerns of the governor's um, emergency proclamation that happened three weeks prior to the fire and how it suspended seven state statutes of which Uh, exonerated um, everything that you guys are in charge of. To my knowledge, this was the first emergency proclamation in the country that didn't have a preceding incident. Normally it's like a hurricane, boom, we got an emergency proclamation. But this was just, from my knowledge, was just to streamline development on Maui and it is allocated all decision-making power to one person, uh, the housing officer of the governor, Nani Medeiros, who's unelected, who can trump every single thing that you do and everything that you say and every item that we cover without any input from uh, the community, without any public discourse, without sunshine law. Hawaiian Electric is pushing back after a lawsuit was filed last week against them by Maui County regarding the source of the devastating fires. The lawsuit claims that the neglected or downed power lines were not turned off correctly by Hawaiian Electric during high winds and thus caused the fires to erupt. 
Hawaiian Electric says no such thing happened and that they had fully deactivated their power lines more than six hours before the fires started to rage on the afternoon of August 8th. Hawaiian Electric President Shelley Kimura called the lawsuit from Maui County factually and legally irresponsible. Talking about a lack of transparency, have you been following the situation on Martha's Vineyard after the personal chef to Barack Obama was found drowned in a pond on Obama's estate? The Massachusetts medical examiner ruled it an accidental drowning in the death of Tafari Campbell. However, Judicial Watch is filing a request to get more documents in this case. Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton put out a video to explain that the information that they have been able to get hold of so far in this case only raises more questions than answers when it comes to Campbell's death. The local police department finally gave us documents about its investigation. It shows the Secret Service was involved. They called 911 uh, once a witness came forward and said this poor man was missing. Of course, they withheld the name of the witness, so we don't know who she is. And plus, the Secret Service agent's uh, name is also hidden. I don't know what other secrets are out there. Uh, The documents show the clothes were found separate from the body, and they found the body using sonar. I don't understand why we weren't told initially the Secret Service was involved. It raises additional questions, questions we're going to demand answers about. Donald Trump says he will appeal a trial date that was set this past Monday by the judge who is presiding over the case brought against him by special counsel Jack Smith. The date was set for March 4th, 2024, which is one day before Super Tuesday when multiple states hold their primary elections. Trump took to Truth Social to blast the judge for this decision, calling it brazen and disgusting election interference and suggesting that D.C. Judge Tanya Chutkin be thrown off the judicial bench and run for chairman of the Democratic National Committee instead. The man who is challenging Joe Biden in the Democratic presidential primary is doing well in the state of New Hampshire. Robert Kennedy Jr. is coming in at 31% with New Hampshire primary voters as a result of a Zogby poll that was conducted there. American Values Super PAC is the one who commissioned the poll. They are a group that's publicly endorsing Kennedy. The three-way poll placed Biden in the lead with 46%, Kennedy getting 31%, and Marianne Williamson coming in at 7%. That leaves 16% of those in New Hampshire still undecided. When Williamson was removed from the equation, the polls really tightened up, giving Kennedy a 41% to Biden's 49. Back in 2020, Biden finished fifth in the New Hampshire primary with Bernie Sanders coming in first. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 